I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to the Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me is Tony Defio, and you've stumbled upon the Steelers Retro Show. Tony, what's the Steelers Retro Show, my man? It's when we take a trip down memory lane and talk about some great moments from the Steelers' past, whether it's a game or just about anything, usually games. You know what? Not always are they going to be wins and victories, but today is a very special time to go back too, because we're going back to the year where Flap Your Wings and My Place by Nelly was number one on the radio. The number one movie at the time was The Forgotten. John Kerry and George W. Bush were gearing up for the final month of their presidential race. And Pakistani security forces killed the Al-Qaeda members suspected in the murder of U.S. reporter Daniel Pearl. So that's all things that happened on this day. But in the U.S., something was happening that was really ravaging the state of Florida, and it was Hurricane Jean, Tony. Do you remember Hurricane Jean? I remember Hurricane Jean, and I remember uh, the Dolphins had several hurricanes affect their, their the beginning of their year that year. That, that was their th- the third uh, hurricane that hit that area in the first month of the, of the Dolphin season. Now, you selected this game today. And usually what we're going to be doing going forward is picking the team that the Steelers are playing in the next week. But you picked this for a very significant reason, and I think it's wonderful why you selected this. Why is that, Tony? Because it was the very first start of Ben Roethlisberger's historic and future Hall of Fame career. Gene was crushing the state of Florida. They were causing power outages, serious flooding, Roof damage to structures throughout FLA. The game time for the Steelers tilt with the Dolphins was moved from one to eight, like we just said, on Sunday evening due to those torrential downpours. And even the Steelers were affected by this early because their hotel, Tony, in Fort Lauderdale, I think it was, was affected. They had no power getting ready for this game. Do you remember that? I remember that. And I remember, if you recall, that was a season that was pretty magical for Pittsburgh. They went 15-1, and and, and several of the players – brought that up and they mentioned that they were stuck talking to each other in, in the lobby 
all, all, all night because uh, the power was out and, and they, they credited that, uh, that night as uh, bringing them closer together. You know, it was a great bonding situation indeed for them. That's, that's interesting. Here's something very interesting about that game as well, because Ben was seeing his first start. And his first official pro action was the week before because Tommy Maddox was hurt in Baltimore. He sustained ligament damage in his right elbow before that game, excuse me, during that game, number seven threw two touchdowns and two interceptions in his debut in the Baltimore loss. But something very interesting happened after that. And it was Alan Fanica. Do you remember Alan Fanica's comments? You don't have to know them word for word, but what was his concern about Ben Roethlisberger? Well, the uh, reporter asked him if he was excited about the, uh, the, the debut of the rookie quarterback, and he said in, in a uh, sarcastic kind of way, oh, yeah, I'm really excited about, about the, uh, the, the, having the, the rookie quarterback come in and, and, and start this game. Yeah, because he was like, look, we've got a good thing going on. We could be a Super Bowl contender. We're not ready to turn this over to a rookie, but – Thinking about the words that you just said before about them having a chance to bond, they were able to bond all together. And this was a very close-knit team back then, which helped them go 15-1. and one. Throughout this game, you would be shocked to know that this team would go 15-1. and one, And that's pretty much a lot due to the weather. Mm-hmm. Opposite Roethlisberger was A.J. Feely, who was starting in place of Jay Fiedler. Fiedler... He was pulled the week before, what, because of ineptitude, Tony? Yeah, they, they were – it was their first 0-2 start since 1988. So uh, Dave once said, who was, who was their, their coach at the time, future Pitt Panthers uh, coach, he, he, uh, he yanked him in favor of A.J. Feely. So here's the thing about that. They had a very good defense, but their offense uh, – they lost a lot of guys, and they lost – they lost their star running back in a very weird way in August that year. What happened with Ricky Williams? Ricky Williams decided, uh, well, he, he failed a, a, a drug test. He, he liked to, uh, to, uh, to dabble in, in the, uh, he liked to smoke pot. And, Few and dances he, with Mary Jane, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he, he failed that test. And, and rather than face suspension, he decided to retire at the last minute, the 11th hour, really. And, uh, that pretty much wrecked the, the Dolphins' uh, running game because they, they were obviously counting on Ricky Williams. He was one of the premier backs in the league at that time. He, he really was. That was such a weird thing and that, that's unprecedented. That doesn't happen. Someone saying they would rather just you know, sit home and smoke. And I remember hearing that at the time. I was like, well, wow, that's crazy. Eight and a half million dollars he was owed back the team. And he's like, all right, I'll pay it. And, he, yeah. and I don't know whether he ever did. I would assume that he had to, but I don't know that for a fact. Uh, David Boston, their star receiver, was out. He was injured. Defensive tackle Tim Bowen was out as well, but they still had a stout defense there. They had Jason Taylor, Zach Thomas, Patrick Sertain, and Sam Madison, who were the two best corners in the league. That was the best duo at the time. So those guys were leading the way. And they also had a very interesting kick returner. Who was returning kicks for that team? Wes Welker and on the CBS broadcast that uh, I watched uh, the other day for this game, he was, he was, uh, they called him Wesley Welker, at least on the, on the graphics on CBS, which I thought was pretty funny. And so Wes Welker out of Texas tech was actually drafted by the San Diego chargers and the chargers dropped him after week one. 
they they released him and next thing you know the dolphins pick him up he did very well with the dolphins and he ended up going in the same draft um traded during the draft to the patriots <laughs> yes the same draft that Randy Moss was traded to the Patriots. So those two guys were traded into New England at the same time. And that just happened to be the year that they went 16-0 and in the regular season. And uh, thank goodness for the New York Giants. I will always love you, Tom Coughlin and Plexico Burris, who we'll talk about later for uh, beating them in that game. Because I, I got to tell you, I didn't want them to go all the way, and they didn't. So thank you very much. But let's talk about Wes Welker getting the opening kickoff from Jeff Reed. He got it. He didn't do much with it, but uh, it's noteworthy because Wes Welker was in the game. So on their very first play from scrimmage, Wanstatt's team, they couldn't have started off any poorer, Tony. What happened from the very start? Well, the uh, Dolphins running back, Donald Lee, got hit by Chris Hope, the Steelers' uh, safety. Uh, strong safety at that, or free safety, I should say, and, and uh, the Steelers recovered in, in, in Dolphins territory. Remember Chris Hope's name. You're going to hear it a lot. He was tattooing people like crazy. Uh, Ricardo Coakley was also in on that. James Ferrier, remember that name? He was, he was almost Defensive Player of the Year that year. He was absolutely amazing in this game as well. Ferrier was all over the place. They recovered the football to put the Steelers in business deep in Dolphins territory. Here comes the rookie, Ben Roethlisberger. It's a light rain at this point. It's not pouring down yet. He rolls out. He finds nobody open. So he does the smart thing and throws it away, Tony. But what did he do wrong? He didn't throw it far enough away. And, and that cornerback he just mentioned, a, a really great quarterback uh, for his day, Patrick Sertain, uh, intercepted the pass and the Dolphins had the ball right back absolutely you know so like he was doing the right thing they're like yeah Roethlisberger's gonna throw the ball away oh wait a second it's intercepted and we're like what yeah but you know that's a good learning experience you that's some things you don't learn in college the proper way to throw the ball away and so that's something he learned and luckily he was playing the Miami Dolphins who had no problem coughing the ball up as well on the ensuing drive Feely was dealing with that staunch Steelers defense. We've talked about Hope already and Ferrier already. This is a defense, Tony, who the week before in a loss to the Baltimore Ravens, they held Kyle Bowler, the quarterback at the time, to under 100 yards. Jamal Lewis, they held him to 62 yards the previous week. So they were a hungry, mean defense at one-on-one coming in. Feely says, man, I'm going to just launch the ball deep to my standout receiver, Chris Chambers, the fourth-year man. And was Chambers a little lazy on this play, Tony? He kind of he gave up on the play. He didn't, uh, it, it wasn't a, a, a great pass, but, but he could have he helped his quarterback out. Uh, instead of that, uh, Deshae Townsend, the, very, the beloved Deshae Townsend, very underrated uh, corner, veteran quarterback, cornerback for them, uh, intercepted the pass, and the Steelers were back in business. He slowed down to a jog. It was yeah. really, it was really strange. And you know, Brent Jones was calling that game along with Gus Edwards at the time. And you know, he was he was really critical of Chris Chambers for for stopping slow on that because mm-hmm. that that ball could have been caught for a big game. And the weather wasn't really furious yet. Gene wasn't really raging yet. No, but, not yet. 
three minutes weren't even off the clock. It was less than three minutes off the clock in the first quarter. And there were three turnovers, Tony. What are you thinking at this point, man? Well, I'm thinking uh, Steelers aren't looking very, very good. And and the uh, Dolphins aren't looking very good now. And and 15 and one at this point, 15 and one was the furthest thing from my mind watching uh, the beginning of this game and the future Hall of Fame, even though I was excited about Ben Roethlisberger, him having the kind of career he did was also the furthest thing from my mind at that point. Yeah, he, he would show some signs of brilliance later on, but you could tell he was definitely a rookie. And it was really interesting to watch him in this game. And I had a lot of fun watching it when I watched it this morning, checking this game out to see how far he's come, but to see him sowing the seeds of a brilliant career. And you could see the brilliance in it, even though it was very raw, very raw at this time. But both teams needed a break. And you know what, Tony? You and I need a break. So we're going to come back right after this, after this brief message to the Steelers Retro Show. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Steelers Retro Show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me is Tony Defio. We are from Behind the Steel Curtain. We are going back in time to 2004, a very rainy, a torrential 2004, September 26th. It was Ben Roethlisberger's very first start in his illustrious career. It did not start out illustrious for Mr. Roethlisberger, but... They were playing an 0-2 Dolphins team that was beaten and battered and not very good. Ben would try to start capitalizing on the next series. He threw the pill deep to his giant target. We talked about him earlier, Plexico Burris. And despite slipping on the wet infield turf, this is they still played baseball. This is yeah. when the Miami Marlins were, well, they were the Florida Marlins back then. They were good. They would won the World Series a year before. And watching Plexico in the infield turf, it was absolutely ugly. It wasn't Plexico's mm-hmm. fault. He was falling down, and he still caught this ball for, what was it, a 42-yard gain, Tony? 42-yard 40, gain, uh, essentially the, the first big pass in Ben's career, and it was a uh, play-action pass. He doesn't do a whole heck of a lot of that anymore, at least not out of the uh, – from under center. So it was a classic rookie quarterback play-action pass, and, and he made it work. They needed to rely on the running game in this game. And as it got more wet, as the rain kept coming down, they kind of went to that a little bit more. But when Burris hauled that ball in, they had an opportunity to drive. So on third down, later in the series, Ben goes to his tight end, Jay Reimersma, who was a very good tight end for that team. A lot of people forget about Reimersma. 
Yeah. Reavers was grabbed by a Dolphins defender on third down, but they didn't call the infraction. And it was a blatant, it, it was really blatant, Tony. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it should have been, it should have been a, a first down, but, but instead of that, the, the Steelers had to, uh, they had to settle for a field goal. Yeah, they did. So the eight-play, 58-yard drive ended in Jeff Reed's field goal. I believe it was from 41 yards out to make the game 3 nothing in favor of the visitors. Yeah, by that point in the game, uh, for him to make a 41-yard field goal was pretty impressive because I think that's when the rain really started to come down. So in the next series, Feely was flagged for an illegal forward pass. However, it didn't matter, Tony, because that illegal forward pass landed in the hands of who? Landed in the hands of the defense's equivalent of Big Ben as far as the missing piece of the puzzle, and that was Troy Palomalu. And uh, Feely on that play was uh, actually – he was hit late. I forget who hit him. I, I, I have it. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it didn't matter because he, he was over the line of scrimmage. So the Steelers got to keep the ball. So James Ferrier hit him late. Everyone was thinking, all right, this is going to be a roughing the passer play. But they're like, nope, it's not roughing the passer. And the referee explained this well. He went, <laughs> he went into great length on the field to say that well, it can't be roughing the passer because the quarterback was over the line of scrimmage. So interception and then another turnover. So right. that's the four. I mean, we are still in the first period here. And there's four turnovers, and three of them are from the Dolphins. Um, Steelers couldn't do anything, so on came Chris Gardaki. Gardaki, to me, Tony, could have been the MVP of this game. He kept on pinning the Dolphins down deep. Brent Jones was saying the Steelers are trying to be smart here. They're playing more of a, a field position game, and that's exactly what they're doing. In this weather, that's something you had to do. And with the defense they had, that was a good idea as well. So Gardaki had a heck of a game here. Yeah, he did. He this is a, a he's the one who replaced Josh Miller, and and that was kind of a controversial signing at the time because Josh Miller was such a, a accomplished and popular player here. But yeah, Gardaki Gardaki had a great game this night, and and it seemed like the Steelers were always taking over around, uh, as you said, around midfield, and, and the Dolphins were always backed up in their own end zone, and and it was it was it was great strategy because. As you mentioned earlier in the show, the Dolphins were compromised on offense and the Steelers had a great defense. But Hurricane Gene was making it really tough, really, really tough at the time. So after a Miami punt, the Steelers get the ball back and they drive down the field. The series was highlighted by a 24-yard catch and hurdle by Heinz Ward over Jimmy Wyrick. He, he looked Beeman-esque, didn't he, Tony? Yeah, that was Heinz Ward at his best, and, and uh, uh, it set the Steelers up at a, 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 at a uh, deep, deep in the Dolphins' territory late, late in the first half. After the drive failed, the sloppy weather aided in Jeff Reed shanking a 44-yard attempt. At the end of quarter number one, the Steelers led only by three to nothing, Tony. The second quarter came and went with no scoring whatsoever, but it featured some, a lot of good defense, and it featured Lamar Gordon from the uh, Miami Dolphins. He was their fourth in line to be running back after Ricky Williams left, after a few guys got hurt. And Lamar Gordon is playing with a fever of 102. You're not playing with 102 fever in 2020, but he could play back then with a fever of 102. He was knocked out of the game with a devastating hit to the shoulder, and that was by, once again... Chris Hope. 
Chris Hope, the uh, safety, he came up and smacked him, and 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 uh, he was pretty pretty boisterous after after that hit too, and uh, he knocked he knocked that guy out of the game. Chris Hope was good. He ended up going yeah. to uh, the Pro Bowl for the Tennessee Titans the year after he left, but he did win a Super Bowl here with Pittsburgh, and he was very instrumental. He is one of those guys that uh, he put a lot of licks on you. There was yeah. also very little offense on both sides of the the ball. We were talking about the weather. So, you know, they noticed with Ben, with your young quarterback, let's settle him down. Let's ride the bus. Let's ride Deuce Staley. Even Veron Haynes had uh, 30-some yards on two carries um, to help move them ahead. They did have to punt again, though. Steelers' defense was also playing very viciously. They were tough. Joey Porter, Chris Hope, James Ferrier, they were all over the field. Well, Ike Taylor also blocked a punt right at the end of the half. Right. So the Steelers tried to score right before the half. Ben threw deep to Burris and Antoine Edwards. You're going to hear his name a lot. He had a clear interception, but Plexico could do what Chris Chambers couldn't. And what was that, Tony? He, he broke up the, this, uh, the, the clear interception and Steelers got to keep the ball and, and, and they, their, their chances for uh, extending their 3 nothing lead were, were still alive at, at approaching halftime. On a fourth down play, Ben rolls out. He dumps the ball off to Heinz Ward, who caught the ball near his ankles. It was one of the most spectacular Heinz Ward catches I've ever seen. It was a 24-yard gain, but it's in the rain. The rain's pouring down. He rolls out and he lofts this ball. And this ball looks like, I mean, it could be intercepted if it sails over mm-hmm. his head. And it's about to hit the turf. And I'm like, all right, they're good. They're going to punt. It's third down. They're going to have to punt again. And he snaps it right off of his shoe tops. It, it, was, it was fantastic. And so they're in business. They're in business at this point. But here comes your boy Skippy Reed again right before the half. And what happens? Well, right before the half, he, he attempted a field goal from – 40 yards out and he made it only problem is the Steelers had a penalty a five-yard penalty so they had to push it back and he had he had to kick it again and he shanked it Cower was incensed Mm -hmm. maybe it's best that uh no one knew who did it at the time because that's a big miss you take points off of the board for a false start I couldn't even see the false start I played this back a few times I couldn't see it Tony do you have any idea who committed the foul I I have no clue uh, and neither, neither did uh, Bill Cower, at least not well, 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 before the half, he, unless the, the referee told him at halftime. I, he, he had no clue either. But, but for as much as the Steelers dominated that first half, they only be up 3 nothing. That, that had to be kind of discouraging. It really was. So the second half begins with the Steelers punting again. Miami then tries to convert a fourth down, but a leaping Troy Palomalo in one of his patent plays and a fierce James Ferrier knocked – sneaking feely back causing a fumble it wasn't a turnover because it's a turnover on downs so it really didn't count on the stats but it very well could have been so here comes ben roethlisberger he's the rain's slowing down a bit tony so he's going to the air a little bit more he gets the team in field goal range and here comes skippy reed is it redemption time for jeff reed Unbelievably, after missing a couple of field goals in the first half from 40 plus yards, he nails this one from 51 yards out to make it six nothing. So, that's Skippy Reed for you. That, that was that was him. That's why they called him Skippy. He he was he was unpredictable, and and he uh, he came through in the clutch that time. 
Yeah, that was his career, tied his career high at the time um, with 8.02 left in the third period. The rest of the quarter, Feely was harassed again by those three guys, Porter, Hope, and Ferrier. These guys are delivering blow after blow after blow. At the end of three, it was six to nothing Pittsburgh. We now go to the fourth, Tony. It's only six nothing. But the Dolphins can take the lead at any time in this game, Tony. The Steelers' defense had to hold them there, but it didn't look like the, look, look like the Steelers' offense had any more points left in it. So I was, I was uh, hoping and praying for a, another, uh, uh, another turnover or, or, or a big play by the defense to spark the offense. So here we go. And something very interesting happened in the fourth quarter. The Dolphins become the first team to crack the red zone. It's not the Steelers. It's not I mean, who had – I mean, they had four opportunities to score. They scored on two of them, and, but they never made it to the red zone. Here comes Alindo Mare as the Steelers stop them on third down. He hits a 34-yarder to cut the lead to three. There's really there's a lot of hope because there was 13:30 to go for the Dolphins. If you're a Dolphins fan, there's a lot of hope for them to get back into this game. Mari did something again. He helped save the game for the time being on the very next play on the kickoff. Antoine Randwell, he turns around, he reverses field, and he finds the sideline, and he's on his way down the sideline. And oh. Mari meets him at the 34 and knocks him out of bounds. He would have been gone, Tony. There was nobody. Oh, yeah. There was nobody around. This little kicker, and this was a good kicker. Mare was. He right. Those kickers have those plays on defense, and really stopped Antoine Randall L. Really interesting play um, with that impact there. So uh, on the next drive, the uh, the Steelers get the ball and they do nothing with it. Then there's Ferrier again, along with Clark Hagens. They're delivering hits. Hagens. He joins the hit party as well. They force another punt. And this time around, we see a glimpse of Ben Roethlisberger's greatness. It starts to shine through. Even though it's raining, it's shining with the rookie. What happens, Tony? Well, at one point during this drive, the Steelers faced a third and 12, and and Ben scrambled to his right. It was classic Ben. He eluded the, the pass rush, scrambled to his right, looked downfield instead of running for trying to run for a first down. He, he always wants to, to make a play with his arm, and he found Plexico Burris for an 18-yard 18 18-yard 18 uh, gain to, to keep the drive alive. It was really interesting, too, because uh, Brent Jones yells out. And Brent Jones was once a Steeler, believe it or not. I don't know if you know that. He was drafted by the Steelers in – and immediately uh, doesn't play for the Steelers, but it goes to the San Francisco 49ers. They could have really used him in that 1986 draft. Uh, I would have loved to have seen them keep that guy. But Brent Jones yells this out, and I never heard it, and I love it. He goes, if you don't know, Plexico. (laughs) And I'm like, that's (laughs) awesome. So I had to put that in there. If you don't know, Plexico. Steelers then went to the ground. Staley was running the ball really well. But then Ben goes to Heinz Ward. Frustration setting in. Sam Madison gets nailed for an unsportsmanlike penalty. He's yelling at the referee, so they throw 15 yards on him. After that, the rookie Ben, number seven from seven out, hits who? Kind of a replay of the the pass to Burris. He scrambles to his right and throws a, a, 
a, a low pass where only only his receiver could catch it. And I was a science ward, and you mentioned his great hands earlier. He, he, he dives to the ground, catches it, maintains possession as he goes out of bounds, and they review it, and it, it, it's upheld, and the Steelers take a 13-3 lead with 6-16 left. The play was reviewed, but it stood, so that was great news. There was much rejoicing for Steelers fans who were dry at home. After that, the game really wasn't in question. Townsend and Porter had huge sacks. On the latter sack, Farrier recovered a feely fumble. So that ends up being five turnovers for the Dolphins on the day. Deuce Daly controls the clock with runs. The game ends with a 13-3 victory. Win number one for Ben Roethlisberger. Win number two on the season. And the start of a 15-game winning streak for Ben Roethlisberger. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, I mean, he, he, that, that, was, uh, that was the first of, of many victories to come for, for Ben. He's one of, the most, uh, one of the winningest quarterbacks in the history of the league, one of the best winning percentages for sure. And, and uh, that night, he, he got a lot of help from his defense with the, with the, uh, the four turnovers that you mentioned. But it was a, uh, he did show glimpses, and, and it was, it was the, the first of many great victories for him. I remember being in my apartment, watching that game, and saying to myself, I'm like, yeah, I think we've got a quarterback. I think we really got a quarterback. He, it wasn't pretty, but he's going to grow into this. And, man, he did, didn't he? He sure did. Uh, he only showed, again, he only showed the glimpses at, at that time, but but he he continued to improve throughout that season. And and by the by the next season, you know, he, he was the – the uh, the missing piece that they that they had missed that, that that they needed for so many years to finally get over the hump. So uh, it all started that night in, in Miami. Yep, those two rings that we see the greatness that we have all started that evening, like you just said. So thanks so much, Tony. It was great reminiscing about Ben Roethlisberger's first ever victory and his first ever start for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So thank you so much. Thank you. It was, it was a great show, and it was uh, it was fun looking back at, at his game, and I kind of feel like it's raining out, even though it isn't, just from talking about that game. <laughs> I have an autographed picture that I actually sent this picture to Ben, and he sent it back of the of him in the rain. And it's it's a great picture because you could actually see the, uh, the plays on his wrist. It's a close-up, <laughs> and the rain's coming down. It, the helmet's glistening. It's an awesome picture. And like I said, Ben sent, sent it back to me signed and it's his signature because I know his signature. So with that being awesome. said, Tony, thanks so much for joining me. We will be back next week with another edition of the Steeler Retro Show. Be sure to check out everything in the BTSC family of podcasts for the upcoming game. It's going to be a good one as well. So take care, Steeler Nation. And it's always fun to go back in time. See you, Tony. See you, Brian.